there's one thing that you'll typically do in that moment so that they can shuffle the deck and you can still control the card that you want, right? So I'm controlling right. that card. You mean palming? <laughs> <laughs> They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at episode 121, if you can believe it, of the Magic Guys. I'm Josh Nobito. Over there, we have Nick Kay. And down below, we have Douglas Kong. Welcome to the pod, my friends. It's good to see you it's all. It's good to be here. Greetings. Oh, ah, and we're back for another week of madness. Got our coffee. It was a week of madness. Or milk, Things were or... out of control this week. Big time. Mm. What? Yeah. Fact. Yeah. I very much feel that way. And right? it's not stopping for me. It's going on through mm-hmm. June. But... Yeah. And we've all managed to be home for this one moment of podcastness. <laughs> before... Truth be told, I almost phoned it in. About an hour ago, I'm like, fellas, I'm like, maybe not here for this. But you know what? <laughs> coffee. Coffee. Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> That's what we appreciate. How do you have your coffee, Doug? How, like, I'm how so is it? Like, yeah. How do you have your Lately, coffee? Lately, it's through an IV and I just walk around with the thing going. You know, I just keep it in there. <laughs> Why waste time prepping it and okay. having to sip? Doug, I, I, okay. So the thing is, I look at Josh and I imagine you are someone who doesn't drink coffee. Is that right, Josh? You look like one of those guys who's like, I only drink chai. Uh, I'm more of an energy drink guy myself. So I don't know. Okay. That's healthier. Because I'm pretty sure you it's not. That. But hey, I, I was on that train all weekend. That's like I brought a four pack of Red Bulls for just like Saturday, and I was there yeah. with you on on that train too. Got Buster yeah, Mike's so- got the right point. Liquid fuel. You guys may not remember yeah. that story, but that's an old podcast reference. Yeah, I, um, I almost <sighs> chose I almost chose vodka for tonight, the lesser evil. But yeah, I went with the coffee. I rarely drink, but tonight I almost did, and then I thought, eh, it's a bad idea. So that's interesting because there's some performers out there that like cannot eat before a performance, will not have a coffee mm-hmm. before a performance or anything mm-hmm. like that. I have one Red Bull before I do my residencies. Like I rock up and without even speaking, they're like, there's your Red Bull and there's your soda water in, 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 in like a specific glass with like the, the exact amount of ice that I like. It's for a trick that I use as I rove around my residencies. Like people know I have these kind of like nuances. Um, can we, can we pause guys- there a second? So you're walking around with a drink while you're working. Is that correct? Yeah, so correct. So So my residencies for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, let me explain why. So these residencies that I have, typically there are three-hour shift. And we have music and DJs. And so um, I'm using a very uh, elevated – I use a lot of theater techniques for for my voice and my throat to project my voice. But I'm doing this for three whole hours. So I'm effectively using – uh, Seth Riggs singing at a speech level. If you haven't studied that, it's a really good How way. How professional are you, sir? I try. Can you I say try. the name of that that reference again, just in case Absolutely. I care it's, enough to? Yeah, yeah. It's Seth Riggs. I believe it's R I G G S Riggs um, singing at a speech level, and it's okay. basically singing techniques or theater techniques that you can use to project your voice and basically have like a, a, a louding volume in your in your voice, but not wear out like you're in a punk rock band screaming yeah. down a microphone Love sort it. of deal. Now, 
I do this for a full three hours, nonstop. I'm entertaining people who are either like waiting in line, waiting for drinks, waiting for their meals to get there. Um, and, and just I'm there for all round customer experience. And I'm mouthing off the whole time. So it's kind of important yep. that I keep, um, number one, yep. I keep cool. Okay. So I have a, I have a, a it's, it's a old fashioned glass, the type of drink that you would serve an old fashioned in. And it's filled to the brim with ice, to the very top with ice and just soda water. And the ice is so that it melts continuously. I just keep sipping at it to keep my throat lubricated so I can talk mm-hmm. and mouth off the whole time. Because I mm-hmm. do these three times a week. So a lot of times- Stay hydrated other, and lubricated. Yeah, and, and that's, it's, a, that's it's what I love about It's definitely the way to go. It's just I've, I've never really entertained the notion of walking around with, especially like an open glass with liquid that might be construed as alcohol. And is that okay for the event? I guess it depends on the, the venue, right? Yeah. Now with this venue, because it is a drinking venue, it's okay to mm-hmm. have that glass. Mm-hmm. And also what right. I like about it is even though it's just a glass of water, I tell people it's gin because people say to me, oh, I'm going to buy you a drink. And I go, no, 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 no. I'm still good with this one. Thank you. Thank you. Love that. So they don't, they don't feel bad yeah. that I'm saying like, no, thank you. I don't want to drink because mm. I used to drink in these venues and I would have like two gins an hour. So that'd be six gins in three hours. You, you get there. I well and truly get there. And it's funny. That is not hydrating. That is the opposite. And admittedly, I would be tanked, boys. I would be Mm -hmm. tanked. But everyone's like, yeah. And then people go, dude, are you drunk right now? I'm like, dude, I'm so drunk. (laughs) And they'd be like, I can't tell. And I'm like, I'm a good actor. (laughs) I would be. But then what was happening was I was going and doing corporates and I wasn't drinking at them. And I was like, this feels weird. Like, oh yeah, right, I was having like right. a withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm yeah. I'm used to doing this drunk. This feels weird to me. Yeah, and so I, I was can like, relate. Let's when I came to New Orleans, I worked drunk on Bourbon Street for two years. Virtually every shift I did started with a beer before I went out to street perform. You know, with the other drunks out there, and I it would drink impossible. on the street as, as the shift went on. It seems impossible but to also, be sober on something as 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 illustrious as bourbon street yeah well you, yeah no you, i mean and if you try to do that extended for any extended time you go insane because everyone is drunk out there it's just you know trying to be the only sober person in, in that environment's bad for your mental health yeah, so yeah it I seems like, like you'd stand out you'd stand out a lot if you were the sober one that that wouldn't make sense I mean, yeah it's just you know, like you said, you're you're in a place where it's okay to have a drink, and it's okay to have a drink, and so that's yeah. what I was look, doing. Plus, I was young; I was not even I was not even legal to drink at that time, so I was just having fun <laughs> too. Oh yeah, legal age is twenty one, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I might have been nineteen yeah. twenty. I turned, you know, I I turned twenty one in New Orleans, and I quit drinking. That's what happened in my life. That's Started interesting. Started raising a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you had so a family strictly, at twenty one. Strictly drugs. First child was uh, born before I was uh, when I was twenty. Yeah, that's I figured amazing. Get it done Marcus. early, enjoy life later. That's the way I looked at it. Like mm. I'm 38 for the listeners, and I don't even have pets. I have one plant. Mm-hmm. His name is Sebastian, and he's very happy. <laughs> he lives by the window, and yeah. I water him once a week. And I don't know how, but it's literally growing into this monstrous. It's a good lifestyle for a strong artist because it takes a lot of time and energy to do it right. And having a family is a challenge. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a give and take when you make that choice. Yeah. Well, my parents had the same thing too. They had me when 
they were 20. So, but now I can't, I can't even fathom that. Like imagine me having a 13 year old running around right now. Yeah, but you just do it, you know, because at the end of the day as humans, it's the most important thing we do. So, you know, you just do the thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, you know, being adults, here's a little clip for you all. One, two, three, four, five. No way. That's your card. Seven of clubs. That is amazing. <laughs> it's not amazing. <laughs> Magic tricks are merely a combination of manipulation and misdirection, with the occasional dwarf in a box wiggling his feet. Oh, really? So, how did I do it? But I don't care how you did it. Yeah, I have more important things to think about. Now, clearly, the cards are marked. I thought you had more important things to think about. But I do. You just you happen to have caught me on a break. Oh, let me see those cards. Oh, big deal. Not knowing is part of the fun. Not knowing is part of the fun. Was that the motto of your community college? All right, this deck is rigged in some fashion. Yeah, fine, get another deck and I'll do the trick with that. So you're saying this is a regulation deck? I'm saying believe in magic, you muggle. Ah, <laughs> uh, I gotta love a good Big Bang clip, right? So I'd throw that in there. What? Why stop? Let's just watch Big Bang clips. <laughs> I know. You know what? That would be better. If we could just have a this, it set up so we can watch it and you can see our faces reacting to it, like that would be great. But, maybe, um, you know, maybe we could like pick favorite magic. Like when you, when I saw that, I'm thinking, what other magic clips that I like? I immediately go back to like Cheers when Harry the Hat would walk through the door with his. Mm. You guys probably don't even remember this show, but this is where Harry Anderson came on television. Yeah, as uh, his character in the bar, that could be right. fun. His we should do a we we could do a watch party at some point, maybe for the Patreon folk or something like that down the track. That'd yeah. be fun. Have a watch party. I recently, I recently watched um, the amazing Burt Wonderstone movie because it came on like last week on free to air, and watching that again was hilarious. Just seeing all the references and like him approaching uh, David Copperfield to like do a duo act, and then like you've got the. The Chris Angel, that was David. Classic. Then you've got like the David Blaine vibe of Jim Carrey coming on and like trying to really, really like stereotype that style of magic. It was, man, that was funny. That would be a funny watch party as well. Good times. Yeah, even yesterday as I was performing, there was a lot of this, um, oh, that's some Now You See Me stuff. That's some Now You See Me stuff right there. Like I was performing, doing my thing. Um, oh, yeah. Do you guys get a lot of references like that? It's always like, you know, and then what I hate the most is like, you know, you know when you get people they see your magic and they go, they say dumb, sh they say stuff like, you should go on X Factor, and I'm like, that's a singing show, but okay, yeah, just get, yeah, yeah. I'll just get up there and, yeah, oh, they say well, things like, um, what do you know his name, um, uh, the guy the who puts dynamite? the phone in the bottle, um, no, no, not him, he 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 um he was holding on the side of the bus. Dynamo? No, no, that's not his name. Um, you, he was walking on the River Thames. Dynamo? No, that's not his name. No, it's someone else. And I'm like, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's Dynamo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's my favorite. Yeah. Sadly, this people don't care enough to remember the 
magi of our art, you know? I think I heard a quote, and I wish I could remember who it was from, that people really just want one magician. You know, and they'll that remember Dynamo them. That said that. Did he? No. That was a Dynamo. Nah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So like, right. I, mean, I mean, when I was a kid, it was David Copperfield. Maybe for some people's Lance Burton. Maybe for some people, it's David Blaine. And that's the one they remember. And if it's not that guy, they don't remember anything else. You know, Penn and Teller, maybe. For sure. Yeah, a lot of Penn and Teller. Yeah, yeah you should go on. You should go on that Fuller show. I get that. And the funny one is, um, Nick, I do get. Oh, you're great. You should go on Australia's Got Talent. I think you do really well. And then I have to go. <laughs> Yeah, and then I go, already? Here's a great magic trick. I've already done it. And then you can, I'm like, you know, you can look it up, blah, blah, blah. And then You like, should do that. Just what? go like, you're like, you that know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it next week. Make sure you look at my socials. Follow me. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, he did what I was going to say. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I did have one chick. If this actually, this is, this is going to sound weird, but like it actually like hit me. You know when someone says something to you and it kind of hits you in the right spot? You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I listen to my audience a lot, like a lot. And all the jokes that I basically do in my shows or in my routines, they're ones that like my audience have gifted me. Um, even when I, this guy Beautiful. gave me a great idea for, for a trick. And I like, I love listening to my audience and giving them what they want. Or sometimes not. Cause I like to go against audience expectation as well. But my point is this, there was this woman who hit me up uh, as I was performing at one of my residencies, maybe a couple of months ago, two or three months ago. And her name was Laura, I believe, lovely, lovely lady. And she said to me, she followed my Instagram and she says to me, this is great. Hurry up and get famous. And I went, what? <laughs> she was like, she was like, you're way too good to be here in this venue. Mm. Hurry up and get, mm-hmm. can tell people, I remember that guy at Holy Moly. And I followed him and I said to him this, so go, go do that. And I was like, okay. And that's very good cool. advice. Yeah. yeah. It was just really sweet. And I kind of lit a little fire inside of me. You know what I mean? It could have been yeah. interesting. I'm not sure. But either way, I really appreciated the kind words. Yeah, that is very nice. She just she just wanted to make sure you're 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 on the right path before she uh, hits you up for that first date. Make sure you're <laughs> making that good money. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're working holy moly, not quite there yet. You need, yeah, you know, I need a little more in the bank before we go to the next level. Yeah. Then yeah. you can DM me. That's funny. Or, yeah. or, or uh, I'm like, no, Doug, it's too late already. It's like she's already the third one. <laughs> Nick Kay's a busy individual. Oh boy. Well, I, I, as a uh, a point of professional pride, uh, never pick up girls when I work ever. Never so have, just dudes thought. then, only dudes, because I know that dudes. path too. Yeah, all right, that's cool. Look, I don't okay. judge at all. That's, that's yeah, swing, swing that. I'm a lover. Um, do you do you know guys that that have been the complete opposite of that? Yeah, there's a lot of them on Bourbon Street. I see them all the time. Jokes, I got them. You talking about guys who hit on hit on like patrons while they're performing? Yeah, or that like their one of their mo's is to pick up. I guess. Oh, oh, yeah. I've met so many guys who are like that. Pa- patrons of, of these events that I do and whatever else. And, you know, they say things like, dude, and they're very crude. And I don't even want to, I honestly don't want to reiterate, be like, oh, man, you must get so much, mm, like, oh, right, right. insert yeah. crude word. 
And I remember one, and I remember doing one time, and the guy just kept saying it. After every phase of this like nine phase like set that I did, he just kept saying it. Man, you must get so much tang. You must get so much mm, you must get so much blah, one after another. Oh, girls must run. Like every phase of the routine. And I didn't know how to get him to stop. So I just turned to him and just went, Yeah, man, your mum loves it. And everyone <laughs> laughed. Nice. Well, sometimes <laughs> oh, you just gotta man. put them in their place. Oh, yeah, I, I often, if, if it's a if it's a group of blokes, someone's going to say that at the end of the routine, always. Especially when I did the magic round, the NRL football gig, there was a, a couple of moments of that. And it's like, or, or you know people, what? yeah. I remember one this time. Sounds, I, I, this sounds like a time to start our new segment. What do you think? Well, I think, uh, I think that you could be onto something, Nick. Let's, Let's give this it. a go. Let's talk about... Now. Gig stories. Oh my gosh. Nick K shows up and everything gets professional in a half. Gig stories. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. Everyone's <laughs> gonna be wearing suit and it, ties man. at this next right. this next podcast. Everyone's gonna wear suit and ties and have assistants that bring in Danishes. It's not happening. Ooh, I don't <laughs> even looking forward to I that. I don't even think I have a tie anymore. I might have I one. don't even think you're wearing pants. Do not stand up. Oh no, never. Should we do a pantsless maybe, podcast maybe just one time? A, maybe, maybe, oh, maybe one night it's only ties. Like that's it. Just we wear ties only. Right. Or fans I mean, I'm not only. opposed to it. I mean, I'm sure our audience of mostly males will appreciate it. You, you guys, let us know. But, but look, <laughs> we've all been busy away doing gigs and stuff. So we thought let's chat about some of those experiences because ah, gigs. The, the cool, the cool, the great thing about a podcast is. Um, we always have these miraculous one-off moments at events, but you very quickly forget about it eventually unless you talk about it or write it down. And so there were like two moments I had which were just very unusual at events. And I was like, I really got to remember to bring this up. Otherwise, it's just going to go off into the abyss, you know? So shall I start? Yes, please. Go. All right, I'll start. Sure, sure. So look, it was a, it was a sunny day out in the... Uh, out in the event space and um, no. So there were two moments. One was um, I did four events in the last week since we've seen each other. It's been a busy week, but okay. one event I was doing was on a rooftop. So how's this for hecticness, by the way? So I, I did do a stage show on um, Friday morning, right? Mm -hmm. For this conference. But because it's on Friday morning, they wanted me to, to turn up on the Thursday daytime to do a sound check for the following day at the Gold Coast, which is like an hour drive for me. Ugh. And at first I was like, no, I will just get there early before anyone arrives. But the organizers, they had like 15 presenters basically to sound check and stuff. A lot of them were internal speakers, but from the company, but it's like, they're like a little bit worried. So I'm like, look, I have an event on Thursday night, also at the Gold Coast. So if you want to put me up in this hotel where the conference is for that night, I'll come and do the sound check. So that way I'm going to stay there anyway. I'll go to my gig and then I'm there in the morning and I save on driving and you, you know, you save on me getting caught in traffic. So they went for it. So I was like, great. So that was fun. Exactly. So they, they, I go to this hotel, I check in, I go and do the sound check a day early. Um, that was weird in itself, right? I was there to check the cameras and stuff. You're like, but the does it work? Operator. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to my room. 
Yeah, well, th this thanks, event thanks for like, the hotel room. I'm gonna go play some blackjack now. <laughs> exactly. Walk in. It looks fine. See you tomorrow. Yeah. No, no. This, there was a bit to this one because there was it, the audience size is like 500 people, right? And they had this whole technological looking wrapped wall of media and they're going to be streaming str you guys might have seen this on my Insta stories but they they streamed me onto the walls and stuff but anyway my main thing is checking that the magic moments that the cameraman is is capturing are at the right angles like zooming in on a rubik's cube for example um but what was weird was when i went in there for the sound check the camera operator wasn't there it was just everyone else so it was kind of like a little bit redundant me being there a day early anyway. And I mm. kind of said to them, like, the whole point of me being here is to check this camera situation and you're telling me he's not here. Um, mm. So I could have just turned up tomorrow. But anyway, everything went fine. But that night is when I went to this event on a rooftop of this art gallery that had a very cool um, vibe going on where it's like you go and check out the, the art gallery through the day um, and at night they open up this thing at the top and have really quirky entertainment, like really quirky acts. I'm in there doing magic and um, a routine I haven't bothered to take with me for a while is uh, I learned this from Gregory, Gregory Wilson's lecture, which is uh, using a double blank face deck for like an ambitious card routine. Are you guys familiar Chef's with this? Kiss. Love it. It's such a great Amazing, idea. right? Amazing. It's a great piece of magic. Yeah. You guys should look into it if you haven't um, heard of this before. You can find Suzanne it his, is the person to see do this. Suzanne yeah. does this routine so good. The, oh, beautiful. I think, and I think just for reference, I think it's taught on his uh, Paceboards DVD, if memory oh, serves. Great. I've got it okay. up there somewhere. So, yeah, look it up Pyro if you guys really want to get into boards. it. That's there the you one. Go. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's even, that's probably where I should have learned it. I learned it from his, uh, I think in his second Penguin lecture, he taught it. And I was, that's where I caught onto it. So I'm doing that routine and I'm enjoying doing it again. And basically it's, and think of a card trick, but in, instead of cards now, it's just their signature on one card. Every other card is blank. So now you're just doing magic with their signature. It's, it's beautiful. Mm. So I'm doing this, I'm doing the routine and mid routine they ask. So this is what the audience saw. They're like, mid-routine, they're like, oh, can I shuffle the deck first before you make it jump to the top? So I go, okay, sure. I give it to her. She's shuffling and she drops one of the cards on the ground. And they're like, oh, that's going to be her card. And I'm like, that would be crazy. And um, they pick it up and look at it. It's not her card. It's just a random card. Sits it back on the table. She, she finishes shuffling and then her friend's like, oh, we should put that card back in. And I go, wait check it, have a look at it though. And then she turns it over and her signature's now on it. Great. They lose their minds. Like they lose their minds. They're like, magic is real. That was ridiculous. And it was like the world stopped for that moment. And what happened was, because we're all magicians here, when, when someone says, can I shuffle the deck? There's one thing that you'll typically do in that moment so that they can shuffle the deck and you can still control the card that you want, right? So I'm controlling right. that card. You mean palming? <laughs> <laughs> what? What's palming, Doug? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a bitch! All right, I was trying. I was trying to, you know, be I, I was it. actually sitting there going, "I'm really impressed with how well he's actually sort of subtly being like Ixnay on Look, the someone's palming." Someone's got to hold up the dark side. Okay, so I'm palming this sign card to the magic world. I'm palming this sign card in her hand, all right? In in her hand, in my hand. That would be even crazier. 
So she dro- so basically what happened was like it was the worst switch in the world, but she put on the table, it's like she looked at it, put it on the table. I grabbed it and as I I just went I put this in my pocket and this one came up. It was just like it was a, it was the worst switch in the world, but because they, you know, no one suspects anything. It was just a and I literally just sat it on the Love table it. and waited. Um and just because of that opportune moment, then when she looked at it, to them there was nothing on it. I never touched it. They touched it again, and it was there. And it was like the most ridiculous moment they'd ever they'd ever seen. So that for me, like the whole gig was great, great reactions. It was fun, but that for me was like the the chef's kiss, like the yes, that was. So there's a lesson the, there. That's a keeper of an effect. Was, you make that, as Tim yeah. saying, a happy mistake. Make that a reoccurring event. Yeah, yeah, there's really it, beautiful moments that just sort of happen haphazardly sometimes, and they breed beautiful routines. Like I remember, you know, tearing a corner of a card off and putting it just in in a crack, like in in, in a crack of a wall. Like I just saw a brick with a small crack in it and just popped it in mm. there and thought, I'm gonna get back to that later. Um, if anyone studied, yeah, and and I did it. So like I tore the piece off, but I had a piece of flash, lit it, and threw. So you saw this fireball hit the wall. And then you go to the wall and the corner was in there and it matched. Like it was just a sick piece of magic. And yeah. um, uh, it's not until later that I really started to, especially during the COVID times when I was doing a really big deep dive into my learning, and, um, the Nate Staniforth magic course of creating the impossible where Ooh. he really does a deep dive on learning how to use your environment and try look at things that are sort of indigenous to oh, your yeah. location, you know, things Educate like- Educate me to where I would find this learning resource. The Nate yeah. Staniforth, so, he's been on my radar, but does he, uh, yeah, what is the yeah, deal? Yeah, he would be amazing to bring on the cast, but for those of you that don't know who Nate Staniforth is, he's an amazing creator who does a lot of work alongside Blaine and has, I think his claim to fame would probably be his uh, lottery prediction. So as far as I know, he's done a lot of really good work on that, uh, that principle in magic. And he does a uh, a creative course in which what you quite literally do is you create magic like that you think would be impossible. And I did his course and I came out of, out of it with two routines that I have been struggling to get off the ground for the longest time. Uh, one of them, just uh, a little sneak peek, which I hope to be doing very soon, um, is... Mm. I love I love the principle of a ship in a bottle and because that was the literally the first time I ever had my mind blown as a child. I was at a museum and I saw a ship in a bottle, ships in bottles. One of them was enormous, small different sizes. And I was like, how does that even happen? How does that even get in there? It blew my mind. And then I love this idea of trying to emulate that as a child and taking a bunch of Lego, putting it into a bottle and then shake and then it all... It like comes together and makes oh, yeah. I've so been privy to a little snippet of this from you, Nick, oh, and, it, and so, it looked ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So you've seen my prototypes on this particular trick that I've been working on, and I'll gladly yeah. share it with you as well, Doug, after the, the podcast. And I'm doing some yeah. improvements to it. It is coming along real nicely, and I'm hoping to have it ready for my new show coming in in five weeks' time. Um, so I'm hoping to do it there. But it needs to be perfect. It's one of those things that I can't afford. And and I've been working on it nonstop. But it was one of those things that if it wasn't for him pushing me to try and figure out the many ways to do it. So I went from having no way knowing how to do it to having three ways to do it now mm. because of him. And we're all in a room with like-minded people creating the same kind of thing. It's very, very yeah. good. So um, 
the, the so we'll we'll get into that another time for sure. But the point Nick, is Nick finds all the good guys. It's like you mentioned a good mm. guy. He's like, yeah, we've hung out. I've got this. He's yes. on the D. I, I'll text him right now. You need to chat with this yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And gets it Ron done. Was just, yeah, well, Ron was just talking that uh, here here is real magic. And actually, I have that uh, on my Audible account. Uh, it's just a really good story Ooh. because there's the depth that Nate Staniforth goes to. Oh. He went. All, Does he read the he book? Went to in, yeah, he reads the book, and it's about so his that's story. That's what about I'm doing him. this week. I'll listen to that Dude, on the way to Dallas. It's yeah, wonderful, and it's about him oh. going to India to experience the magic. Yes. Um, and so there's a, there's a level that he went to that none of us really would go to. And so it's really nice that he shares his experiences and his knowledge because you can learn everything you need to learn vicariously through his storytelling and really educate yourself um, on how to utilize those sort of properties and so forth, which is exactly like what Josh did. But the thing is, Josh did it like on the fly, which is total like Jedi level thinking on your part. Josh, well done. Like that oh, it's is so the best. cool. I've had one other moment like that before, which was similar, which I think is what connected the brain power to do it. And I was doing Card mm-hmm. Under Watch once. And I think I've told this story before, so I won't spend a lot of time. But Jason Ma was with me and he filmed me doing this. And uh, I did Card Under Watch, but the, the card fell out from the watch like too early. So I loaded it. I'm shuffling the deck here. It falls out and he sees it fall. And I just go with it. I don't try to hide. I'm like, oh, that's, where'd that just come from? He's like, I think that just fell out of my hand or something. And I quickly Mercury card another card. And I go, oh, we better check it out. And as I pick it up, I pick it up and then just swap it for this other one. And I go, oh, what card is that? And he's like, it's a whatever, 10 of diamonds. Oh, okay, never mind. And I take it back, swap it again. And I go, oh, just hold on to it, whatever. And I move on. So now I've just basically given him a card he's looked at and now it's turned into the sign card. So I continue to do the same routine, but now I can go, hang on, the card's not in the deck. Well, there is one card and he's like, oh, this, no, I checked this one. And I'm like, oh, check Mm -hmm. again. And then he checked it and that blew his head off as well. So it's the same kind of moment, right? It's like, just go with it. Worst case scenario is it doesn't work out. Um, which is what was going to happen anyway because it, it fell out. Um, but the other gig story I'll just quickly say, it's not really a story, it was just a remarkable a thing to, to, to witness. Was uh, And it wasn't even my magic, it was just this that same conference that I went a day early to soundcheck for. Um, the audience was so... I've never seen an audience so full of energy on a Friday morning and so happy to be somewhere, like enjoying what they do so much that it it came off in this show as well. So like everything's hitting, magic's working. But then I, I said I need to find three volunteers. And this is an audience of like um, 20 to 35-year-old females. And they're all like, most of them are like mothers and stuff. And like their kids are staying at the resort as well and whatever. What's the, and, what's uh, the industry? What, what's the backstory on these happy people? <clears throat> Um, uh, sex toys. And so yeah, basically what so. happened was... <laughs> I thought I was going to say it as a joke, but then I thought, well, maybe we don't want to go there. I guess we do. Let's just talk about sex toys now. No, no. Th- this is a company that uh, sells like essential oils and like sort of natural ways of living and that kind of, that kind of thing. Boring. Right. You would think so, right? But like they were so hyped up that when I said for my last routine, I need three volunteers, six women ran at full speed to the stage 
like ran. Which I imagine you're pretty used to by now, right? I mean, I've you know, <laughs> tour around Australia, you're a showman, your shirt's off most Bro. of the time. But even when, <laughs> you know, it's the family audience at showman and the kids are excited, they're, they're putting their hands up, right? But they're not storming the stage. Yeah. These are grown-ass adults. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, just three, great. If anything happens to these three, you guys are on standby. You know, like you just can't kind of roll with it. See, it's but moments never like seen that them. that made me get fat and go to card tricks and close up because I don't need to deal with all of this. <laughs> but like, Stop. when have you done an audience show and they're so keen to help out or participate or whatever? And in the other moments of the show, it was the same thing, um, except that they didn't storm the stage. But like the people I was bringing up, they were all really great spectators like they weren't concerned at all about reacting on stage and being visual um because they're all you know it's a like a really safe friendly environment but it was just so so bizarre i need to find three spectators and i hit my music i'm like let's find them and but they all just start running at me like what this is ridiculous so for all the corporate audiences out there if you could all be like that the world would be a better place (laughs) yeah it's double tricky when you're on early like what time are you doing that yeah, this is at uh, like 10, 10 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. It's just unnatural to be doing magic that early. It's um, the most part. Like. Yeah, but it was like the most lively I've seen uh, a big audience like that in a long time. Just like no one's like that. Adults are just not like that, but they're just like, it's crazy. Anyway, no, Nick. Bob mentions a- he saw Warpo pick up chicks in the French Quarter. Truth be told, that's how I met my, uh, my mother, the mother of my children. My baby's mama, as we say in New Orleans. So, yeah, it's not unreasonable to have women approach your table for, uh, you know, happy happy times. Wow. Just, just and were they all storming magic, him everyone? As well? Were they all running after him as well? <laughs> Warpo? I'm not sure those were chicks, actually, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, Doug, what, what about you, man? You've been away. You've been away lecturing and... Being a, a celebrity. Been doing It's been like, yeah, I've been doing magic events lately. I'm really happy to be doing that too because I love going to these things, but it's not as much fun when you have to pay for it. So being able to go mm. as a, you know, a, a, an honored guest, chef's kiss, had a great time in Tampa, Florida last weekend Ooh. at the Tampa Festival <clears throat> of Magic. Uh, who yeah, was there? Okay. Well, I've, well, I was going to say, I've been watching your socials. I think I saw, was it Sperry was there? Dan Sperry? Dan Sperry um, was there. Yeah. Um, Eric Olson, who is a top-tier pro. He, you know, he's, he's working a level similar to what you guys probably are, corporate shows, MCs, you know, doing the full whatever a corporate client needs. Eric is the guy. And he was mm. a highlight for me, watching him with his, you know, just professional energy. Just a real worker. Uh, yeah, right. Wow. And uh, and good attainable magic for people that wanted something they could put in the repertoire. He knew what to deliver to this audience yeah. for, you know, the teaching experience. I really, really enjoyed Jaffo, who you may have seen on Fool Us. He's been on there twice. Uh, one time with uh, he did the Zone Zero act with the pool table producing. Uh, it's essentially a, a oh, billiard yeah. production. Did he, Such did a he great lecture act. that? Uh, he performed only. He did he did both tricks he did on Fool Us, that and the coins to the pocket. What a great oh. routine. And, and well, hang on a second. Done. Like Jaffa was, Jaffa was, yeah. T- I have a question. Um, the coins mm-hmm. to pocket routine, is this where you, there's an audible clink landing in your pocket? Correct. Okay, because there's a yes. few methods to Here's do this. Here's the coins. There's a glass in my pocket. 
This hand, nothing goes near this pocket. Oh, can we please talk about this? At the fingertips. Yeah. Well, uh, sure, sure. Can we please talk about this after the show, perhaps? Because I have like three or four different methods for this this thing. And for me, it's always costume dependent. I think um, think Josh is going to say, isn't this the trick in... Isn't this the Bobo's magic? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's the Bobo's method. Now, if it's the Bobo's method, now, I don't know. Then, I don't okay. know. I don't know what he did. To be frank with you, I'm not sure what his method is, and I'm wondering how could that possibly be reliable. But right. there he is presenting it in front of his peers without fail, and uh, every moment built up to the vanish. The last vanish was strong, and and that's always a, yeah. a tricky one. How do you make that last coin vanish and make it count? <laughs> solve, solve that problem. So anyway, Jaffo Sorry, was great. Bob. Eric Olson was great. And Dan Sperry, Sperry was a highlight. His character is as strong as it gets. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had a good time. My wife came with me. We set up a little <laughs> dealer's table. We sold some of the stuff that we sell at conjure.com. So we d- got to dip our toe in that pond. And uh, yeah, had a good time. Yeah. What, what was that like having a dealer stand? Like, was it? Uh, you know, I, I, it's work and it's not work I want to do. Like may, mm. maybe if that was all I was doing, but having to deal with packing the product safely, transporting it and then setting it up. And, you know, it's hours on both ends and then you got to man it. And I'm, my wife, lovely Aaron was there to do that deal. And that was great, mm. but I'm not doing it on my own. And my hat goes off to all the dealers who do it yeah. as a livelihood. Um, I yeah. thought at one point in my life I might want to do it. But I don't know. Mm. Well, you know, it, to your point, it, it, you guys familiar with a guy called Paul Richards? You guys know this cat? Paul Richards. That name is Paul familiar. Richards. Okay, so Paul is one of the most lovely people I ever met. I met him at a convention, uh, the GenieCon convention here in, in Oz. And mm-hmm. he only does conventions he has products some amazing products he will not sell them online he will not sell them in any store or anything of that nature that's the key to success proprietary products that people can't buy on the internet and you're demoing the shit out of them this guy at if if every convention i've been to he's literally being molested by magicians his table is like three or four people deep every time yeah and the guy for not for a second it's just him and his gorgeous wife and they and he's just getting hammered by these guys and he has this beautiful strong magic with stuff that i've never seen um methods super clever stuff really he's got this beautiful coin hold out which i have it's just so clever but like he was so busy that I didn't like he was here in Oz and then like I think like six months later I saw him in Vegas and I finally got a chance to catch up with him then you know over dinner and I was like I was just like Paul I don't know if you remember me or not and he's like Nick I saw your lecture it was really good and I was like thank you Paul um I wanted to meet you in person but you were so busy all the time at your stand I never had a chance and he was like great and then we had a nice chat and everything else but it's just remarkable to think that like this is such a like cash uh, generating type of realm that well, like one of the said, guys came up to my table. He's work. like, Hey, how you doing dog? What are you up to? Um, I do, I do 22 conventions a year. I'm like, Holy crap. 22. Right. You know? <laughs> He's like, and it's just a job for some people. You just get on the circuit and work it. And it is what it is. I think right. the real key to success is the proprietary. You got to have the original stuff. Mm. Did Paul do white bikes? Is that his trick? Is that what I white bikes? Freely named card. Right. Yeah. I, I think recall. You're right. So yeah. he did release some stuff commercially. 
trying to remember where I'd heard that name from. And see, a lot of the stuff, what happens is people who I know who have uh, stores, they will go to his stand, they'll buy six of everything. Yeah. And then put it in their shop. He's double dipping. Um, He's doing the wholesale while he's doing the retail and he's winning. Yeah. And same that. thing happens with me. Like I, I remember I was in Vegas and my mates here with their stores in Oz were going, can you please go to Paul and get this, 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 this? And I'm like, sure. And so I dropped like four or oh, 500 right. bucks with this guy and, you know, pack it in my luggage and come home. Yeah. I, I always check like to these conventions in, in the States. I always like carry light. I have like four kilos of luggage. It's mainly just underwear and black t-shirts. Smart. Like, that's it. And then I just fill up. Like, I remember one time I went and I have a picture of like the yield of stuff that I got while I was there. And um, because it, for the whatever yield. reason, every, it was a <laughs> yield. yield. Dude, honestly, it's the not, reason I call I it a yield. I a couple of things. I, brought, I got a yield of things. No, I yielded, dude, so much. And because uh, <laughs> I, you, okay, pro tip, always have a backpack. Always. Because you were going to like either need to get stuff in and out of your stuff to, to jam and whatever else. But more importantly, you are going to have people who are like, oh, have one of my decks. Oh, yeah, I make yeah. my own deck. You can have one. Here's my signature deck. I have so many decks to an arm's length or just over there. Um, I haven't even opened the boxes. Like I got like, I got a deck from my good friend Blaze Sierra. And um, if you don't know who Blaze is, he's the one arm bandit who does this. Like the most phenomenal dexterity. Have you yeah. seen this, Doug? Have you seen Blaze's stuff? The one on Bandit, I tried to learn it with all my might. Know it and okay. Not so just to okay, so it's quite literally this. He has his. He could put his um, hand behind his back. You say name a playing card, and you can say like the four of hearts, and you can say name a number, and then he will go like I would say seventeen, and they go ghoul, and then you'll go count out to seventeen. And we and it's quite literally what it sounds like. He will take the card from an ungaff deck. Put it in, give it back to you single-handedly. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. It's a great. Well, the the other wow, I, I haven't even seen Is that principle. Any, any I, number? I've just seen, I've just seen the the like kind of raw application of you can riffle through the deck with one hand, say stop, okay, great, and then give them the deck, and you've already got it ready to go to come out of your wallet. That's like the basic, I guess, the basic application of his yeah. one unbanded. But that what you're saying is even crazier yeah That's i've crazy. even seen him do it yeah and he inspired me to do a routine where um mm. you can take a card single-handedly reverse it and put it back in the deck and that's something that he inspired mm. in me but yeah like it, it's his his dexterity is just phenomenal and he's supposed to be doing a lecture tour with both laura london and himself and they're going to japan and i was trying to coerce him to go just a step further and come to oz um we'll see if he comes out but yeah could be good hey. to get him on the show and say g'day. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I think Bob has reached out to him in the past, but, you know, maybe if Nick reaches out as well, we'll have some better luck. Done. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, nice. So, okay, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I remember at Magic Live, I, I learned that too. I'm like, I need to have more baggage space for sure. But also in terms of dealers, um, what's, that, what's that guy, Mark, from the UK, Mark something? He brings out Mason. a lot of products. Mark Mason. He was just... Mark Mason. He's he the was, king, really. He's he was the king. demoing the shit out yeah, of the products. And Did you see time, him sell? He sold, he sold just a bottle of sand from the desert. Did you see this? 
No. <laughs> the guy challenged him. This is a true story. The guy got a bottle of sand and went, sell that. And he was like, yeah, no worries. I got the thing and you can do uh, predictions. You can write stuff in it. And he like did all this stuff. And then a guy bought it, bought it for a hundred US dollars. Ridiculous. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. True, true story. Like guy's an animal. He's phenomenal at what he does. He's like That's the insane. ultimate. Yeah. I remember hearing the story of, it was like the last day of Magic Live, I think. And someone asked to see him dem his... Um, the iPhone uh, peak that he was selling at the time. Oh, yeah. You know, like they, they write down a thing, put it in the sleeve of the iPhone case, sit it on the ground, and you can access it very, very easily, what they've written down. But he was like, uh, he was like, I've been demoing this for three days. I'm not doing it again because these are going to sell out anyway. So you can buy one if you want. <laughs> it was like he, he demoed it so much that he knew, and he knew someone was going to buy them. He was like, no. I'm not showing you. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> it's crazy. But, um, all right, Nick, tell now you were telling me a story off air. Now, you can leave the company oh, yeah. name off if you want, but uh, I think it, this this would be interesting for people to hear about and any other for good the... stories that have happened as well. But Okay, so it's it's been another a great week of gigs, and I have a really good one to look forward to on Wednesday uh, for the Levi Jeans Company, which I'm looking forward to. That'll be fun. Yeah, and that's going to be at, uh, at at a really cool zoo. So that'll be super fun. And um, But uh, I did one last night at Crown Casino. And it was for, uh, I better not say, it was for a company. and um, That you would all know if you said You would it. all know. You would all yeah. know. And you all would have consumed at some point in your life if you were a carnivore. Let's just say that much. Okay? And... Um, so there was this one separate room for a bunch of VIPs and these VIPs were supposedly going to be the new uh, era of leaders in this particular company. And it was just a series of like the most uh, rude, uh, uncultured, crude, um, sexist group of people I had ever like probably done magic for in the history of my magic. And it was just that type of thing that... Yeah, every time, every time I tried to speak, it just talked over me, and I would like, I would just be holding the deck and chatting. They'd be like, "It's on my sleeve," and I'm like, "I, I haven't done anything yet." I'm like, "I haven't done. I'm trying to speak and get into that." And they just kept coming at me like every two seconds, and I was just like, "Okay, I'm gonna put the deck down to speak." Okay, like it's just, you know, and they just kept coming at me, and I was like, "Okay, fellas, I need to educate you on how to watch my show because uh, I've been." paid a lot of money to entertain you fine people today and you are ruining this for every single person here um and what spun me out the most is that out of all of the like officials that were there not one person thought to correct these guys who were like just being curious no did you other- address them in that direct fashion gentlemen exactly. i need to educate you how to watch my show were those your words those were my words yeah and how did they like, respond to that and they were like no, no, we're just, we're just trying to, like, no, no, I understand, I understand, but let me explain. Like, there's a lot of magic moments, and every time you speak, you distract yourself 
from enjoying them. So what I'd rather you do is to watch it in its entirety and then you can come at me afterwards with like, I think I know, I know, I know, I know because you're going to miss everything because when you talk, it makes it all too easy to cheat and beat you with it. So I need you to take a step back, watch it in its entirety and then yeah. you can be like, oh, I know how you did this. That's totally cool with me, okay? Like that's a much better way for you to enjoy that's, my that's show. That's fair and compromise that way, actually. Yeah, and I just I was like, this is what you need to do if you're going to enjoy it. But, and they just kept talking over me the whole time. I was like, oh, sorry, I know how much I dislike when people talk over me. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish and then I'll speak. And then I'll start doing my script again. And they'll be like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize you were done, weren't done talking. I'll wait a minute. Are we, are we good? Are we good? Okay, great. And, then, and this went on for ages. It took 30 minutes just to get through two routines. Hey, with this on the clock though right this badgering and look it was okay and i played it off to the audience but it was just this type of th- and like and i and in truth i did have a good time i won't lie but i just disliked what i disliked about it was this this is a company that serves meals across the planet where customer experience should be key and these guys are representing that company so the fact that people like this are behaving the way they do while you know, representing something like that. Let me tell that. you. And I'm going to tell you straight out. My experience in this country, most gigs are are full of those people. And it's one of the reasons mm. I'm not interested in working the standard fare of gigs that are offered in the environment that, you know, hey, Doug, can you come work the Coca-Cola corporate party? Yeah, I can. Do I want to? Not for your rate. No. Yeah, exactly. But look, when you name your rate and they pay for the privilege, yes. And that happens. I, you know, that happens. Yeah, And you know what so I do? I bring the, my street performing rig and I do street shows at 90% yeah. of the time instead of interrupting yeah. those assholes. Yeah. So, but like, anyway, I, this I, is I did an all, old grizzled yeah. veteran's point of view. <laughs> yeah. And I totally pick up what you're putting down. But look, ultimately, yeah. like, I did what I was supposed to do. Everyone loved it. You know, everyone but like the three, four guys who were like part of the one group of douches, we'll call them the douche crew, that were trying to like, I don't know, their ego was being yep. really affected yep. and whatever else. Um, mm. So I did my set and then I did some close up and then they were just coming in from everywhere. And I was just like, guys, I know you ruined the show, but I'm doing this for them right now. And I have no issue with you ruining your show, but this is just for them. And I can't have you coming over crashing every party. Like you can be here, but you need to remain silent. Okay. By all means. Like, I don't need you to tell me how my tricks are done. I know. I know how they're done. I do them. I, like I want to throw a disclaimer learn. out because I sound like such a negative Nancy, I think. Note that I'm working yeah. in New Orleans where I think the mindset of the average corporate convention goer is a little more loosey-goosey drinking and get a little more out of the box than maybe a standard guy. I don't want right. to, like, suggest that, you know, it's bad because it's not that bad. No, it's, it's great. Not, anyway. It's it's really good, and I love working for these companies. Like I say, I really appreciate what they do. I like to learn a bit what they do. I like to try and incorporate their products into my magic and all that. That's all well and good, but what was what was just like despicable for me is that you're representing a company. You're probably on company time at this awards night, right? Um, and the fact that you behave mm. this way, representing this company, and to say that like, oh, I'm the manager of this particular realm, or I'm the store manager of this particular realm, for me, it's a type of thing where it's like, that's amazing. I'm never going to eat your product again. Like, that's that's how it made me feel. Like, it was one of my favorite fast food outlets. And, and now it's at this point where I'm like, I 
think that the fact of putting their food in my mouth would make me sick to my stomach. That's what the interaction did to me. And it's just remarkable that people don't think about what their interactions do. It's the same reason why I, as a magician, never belittle people on stage. Never get them, never try to make them feel silly. Never try to belittle them or anything in any any sort of fashion because I don't want pe- I don't want them to, for the next magician that performs for them mm-hmm. to go, oh, I hate magic, you know? I can't tell you how many times people have like done shows and gone, ugh, I hate magic. And I go like, oh, I understand that. I'm going to leave you alone so you can just enjoy my show because I really want you to start loving magic again. And I've, I've converted people who are going like, I had a magician as a kid who did this. I love magic again because of you. And I thought, great. This is what we should be doing to represent. Like we should be just bringing the best we can for that. The goal is to, when you have a show, is to have them running from the audience up onto the stage. That's when you know (laughs) that they're like... On That's board. right. Okay. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to start a fire at the back of the room. Hey, well. That, well and pro- don't eat hey. McDonald's for 20 that, years. That's a, pro, that's a pro tip if I ever heard one. That's a pro tip. It was not McDonald's. I did um, I did an awesome. Burger King? Uh, I, yeah. No, I'm not going to say, but it was not McDonald's. And I actually did a really cool plug for McDonald's on my Instagram. I did the, the, a chicken nugget challenge. Um so yeah, one of the things we should probably talk about well yeah. before the show, moving on from the thing, we're talking about the trick a day May and the extreme difficulties it's been. All right, uh, in wait, is that so, is it still May? Oh, I it's that the was already yeah. over. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, still and, in May. Whoops. Yeah. yeah, and I sadly I I failed to follow through with the trick a day May things. I was out of town for three days last week. Oh, um, you quit too? Thank you. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't that. I, yeah, and the thing is, I, I tried to do, I tried to do the thing, I tried to do the thing where you know you were like, um, I did like five videos in in one day, and then I thought, good, I got five days, so I can go away and do this thing, and then come back, and it just, it just became a bit of a fail. Now here's the thing, could have done it, I could have done it and put up subpar. I, what I did was I I filmed a version of Triumph, um, and I was just like, you know what, the audience deserves better. Yeah. The audience deserves yeah, better here. I feel so I your made brother this- testify. Yeah. And so what I did was um, people have been challenging me to do things on my Instagram, Nick K Magic, to create certain bits of magic. Um, I have like a dozen really good suggestions. Like one was to do magic with uh, some chicken nuggets. And now that was a two-day process because I had to physically like go to McDonald's, ask him for a bunch of chicken nugget boxes and buy some, try things and basically make a tip over type trunk deal um, to get this illusion going. Have you, have you seen it, Doug, the, the chicken nugget thing? I have not. Oh man, you got it. You got to, you guys got to see it. And it's, it's so clever and I'm so proud of it. But you know, it was just one of those things that, like, that's a two-day I'm process. I'm just going to get it when I'm you release really... it through Murphy's, and I'll pick it up then. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is that, like, it, it was something that I put a lot of effort into, and I'm really proud of. And mm. that's what I like. So I've got these challenges where it's like, we want you to do stuff with golf balls. We want you to do stuff with, like, a matchbox. And I'm like, I've got so many ideas um, that I went and bought like all the resources for over the weekend in between my shows. And I've got to do like a construction day and start like building mm. things and recording things. Yay, um, there it Josh is. is playing it right now. So you can see there's an empty box. Like you see, you see right through to the back as well. That's entirely mm. empty. Um, snap your fingers and then you see it fill like immediately the simple snap. And there's Boom. 10 nuggets Boy. inside. Yeah. 
So, yeah, like that's a good time. And that took so long to make happen, but I'm really proud of it. And it's something that like I've never done before. It's a true challenge and it challenges me creatively. And I think that that's what I want out of my socials. And that's what I want. And more importantly, I just want to give my audience what they want. So when they challenge me to do stuff, I'm like, yes, I'll give you what you want. I'm totally about that. So, yeah. I we think that could be on a David Blaine special, you know? Are you hungry? Well, tough shit. Well, hold on. <laughs> or it could be, you know, <laughs> that, you that could be, um, that could be, yeah, that'd be like inside this. a box. And then he opens yeah. a box and there's a frog in there. Well, imagine, goes, if you, imagine if you did that, that version, but at the end it's like live chicks are like in the box or something, you know, yeah. or, uh, or spiders or, yeah. Technically, it could be anything loaded in there. It could be anything, right? But if the, and that's the thing. Very if, cool. If and if Zoe Faith Twelve hadn't challenged me to do that, then I would not have come with up with that method. You know what I mean? Like it's so yeah. cool. And and the thing is, that was that was um, there's a there's a illusion builder that I actually built that with. Um, I came up with two methods prior, and I was like, "What do you think?" And he's like, "That's stupid. Do it this way." And uh, it was the third version that I built with him that he was like, "This is perfect." And um, yeah, if it wasn't for Val, um, I would have really struggled. Val does builds a lot of illusions for um, for uh, you guys. Ever heard of Celtic magic? Um, Anthony Street, the illusionist. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So of course, yeah, he'll so be Cal- on here Celtic- eventually when he's not touring. I've hit him. Anthony up. Street. We've yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'll hit him up as well. So Street is. Uh, it, it's very interesting with Street because um, he's. You know, people just go. He's not a magician. He's a dancer. But I'm like, yeah, go see his illusion show. It's phenomenal. So he's an amazing dancer who does like a Celtic dancing kind of like a Lord of the Dance type number, and um, has illusions in the show, and it's gorgeous. And he's got live yeah, music and yeah, like live music and fiddles and like proper like. Irish dancing. It is an absolute yeah. like when Stanford Theater is accentuated it, by magic moments. It's so good. It's t- it tours the world and it's so successful now that that he has two separate shows running in different places at the same time. Wow, good for him. And like I think he starts the show by doing an elevator illusion appearance. Is that right? Like the shadow yeah, comes up of him sense. in an elevator. Yeah. He comes out. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. Good work, Nick. I think. You know, Trickaday May is one of those things that's made to stress the creative juices every day. So mm. I think, if, yeah, that's great in that you're creating stuff that like is fun for you. And that's definitely the goal. At least that's what I've been finding. Like I have so many just like unnecessary toys <laughs> and stuff now from like all the days that I've just been like trying to create stuff. And um, there were definitely days where I sat there with a prop and I'm like, today's not the day because I tried like yeah. three different things and I just couldn't get anything to work. Like um, yeah, I, I, with these tiny hands, so I, like I've done two videos with them now, but when I was trying to come up with like, can tiny hands do card tricks? I was trying to do like a manipulation act. So I was like, rigging, I was, I was <laughs> trying to, ri- I was like trying to rig up cards so that I could pluck them out of the air. And it was just like taking so long. And I was like, this is not going to work. And then I tried to do it with coins and then I'd just be like, all right, let me do something else. So like some of the things I've been doing have taken like four days for me to then find a, 
a routine that, that fits with that beautiful thing. Crop. His fingers I, are but, now a part of Josh's well, body. <laughs> They're just yeah. a natural. Well, let yeah, me yeah, yeah, like, uh, But the other thing I was going to say is, um, is uh, so yeah. What? Let me get back to my train thought. So it took a few days. Blah blah blah. But oh yeah, the other thing is like some days I've made a video where I'm like, this is the best one ever. But then the audience. The reflection of that is the audience doesn't like it as much. So sometimes yeah, same. we we can't decide on what's like it's subjective what is good. So yeah. sometimes the, I guess the thing with Tricky Day May is you're like, oh, I don't want to put out something subpar, but sometimes you don't know. Like it could be the quick thing you put up that actually gets a lot of traction. Yeah. Um well but but for me, like tricky. Uh, as as a as a creator and performer of magic, what I want to get out of it is a different way of processing magic, so I can better my skills, thus bettering my performances, thus bettering me as a magician. So, for example, I was challenged by um, one of my one of my uh, followers to do a trick with a banana, and I came up with a trick where I had a bunch of bananas, and I asked for a random number from my from Siri I said give me a number That's between right. one and yeah, five yeah. and and it went four and I said no worries and I took a banana off and I went bang 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 with the tips of my fingers opened it up and the banana was cut into four pieces and yeah. now anyone who has seen my lectures and knows my style of performance you guys know that I love indexes and I hadn't actually realized that I indexed a bunch of bananas <laughs> That's how the That's trick the was done I, but that's the thing. Like I thought, what on? Like so, like me to index awesome. bananas, dude. And I just went wow. like it said four. So I grabbed number four out of an index of bananas, and did the trick. That's great. That's great. You man. know what I mean? Like and you and know what's good about re- that. Go what's on. good about that too? Not only is that like freaking genius, but also like I think you and I are both doing it now. Like we're putting up videos that are not just the latest gimmick that's come out that a hundred other magicians are making a video of. Mm. We're like trying to do some quirky things. And I think that's personally, I've been, I've been knowing, I've been noticing a lot more viewership on my videos. And I think it's a lot of it is just owed to the fact that I'm doing something that, um, uh, people haven't seen on Instagram yet. Like I was telling you like, this pre-stream, you've stepped up everything, Josh Norbita. Your video time, looks Josh. great. Your audio is top quality. The think, the stuff is creative. The magic is good. And sometimes your shirt's off. For God's sake. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a, that was a one-time thing. You know, that was a one-time thing. Oh, that's not that's happening a again. Challenge. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're done. Naked magic. You can audition for the naked magicians. Um, no. Too old. Can't or won't. <laughs> Josh, we know Josh is ready for that gig. Yeah. Oh, they're, so, you know, they're like yeah. apart. They're like a yeah. part of my best friend's circle. You know, yeah. they're in showman. Right. There was a yeah. time where I almost was in the show when when Chris was injured. I was actually rehearsing oh, it leg. with Mike. That's so cool. Mm. Right, and and um, I was I was actually rehearsing it with him, but it uh, it just turned out he was he pushed on and still did it, but. But um, yeah, you know, it's not it's not my thing. It's theirs, and I would never be able to replace them. So why would I want to, you know, try and do it anyway? But um, but trick it, may we'll stick with that. You know, I took my shirt off for one day. That was enough. Yeah. But Doug, well, you I'm, know, feel free to use that premise because you know yeah. it did get more views. Well, I'm going to commit to the. I'm committing to okay, the. Okay, I'm challenge. back in trick a day now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Stay tuned. 
Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Well, I well, think that's uh, that's pretty much what we have time for. I feel like, Nick, you have some more in the can you were going to say there. No, I'm just saying I'm committing to the creative um, to the creative challenge, and that's what I'm going to keep hustling through with. And, you know, it's a kind of metric that I don't know what you're supposed to measure. Like, I've only got 1,800 followers, but I'm getting 1,200 views. So it's kind of like, wow, I guess it's hitting pretty hard, you know? Um, yep. And it, yeah, I mean, like that's that's good enough, you know, for me um, to keep me going, and the folks are liking it. So, yeah. Um, so the you. lesson is: uh, give the people what they want. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of the Magic Guys. 